FIFA for Senate. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And as promised, we are joined by a guest. Please introduce yourself as you would like to be introduced. Hi, my name is uh, Emily, also known as Lady Emily on the internet from the channel Lady Emily. But when I'm not doing that, I'm also uh, co-writer Emily on the channel Sarah's Ad, which does uh, video essays and, and online media stuff. And I'm here to talk about JoJo. All right. I'm glad because otherwise I don't know what we'd do with you. <laughs> I mean, probably have a lot of fun talking about other things, but that is on the agenda Wait, this for isn't, today. This is an Elden Ring podcast. <laughs> I mean, I can make it. I can do an Elden Ring podcast. I've been. I can do that. First, I want to, to ask about you know your JoJo journey. What what brings you here? How how you came to to find us? But I also have to note this means. I have to track down a third person named Emily to talk about part six when we get there. And that's a lot of pressure. It's tradition. Uh, oh, <laughs> look, you can find Emily's. There's like a dime a dozen, like every trans girl's named Emily. So you can just like throw a rock. You'll find one. It's I believe. Maybe your- my cousin is really into JoJo's and that, that would be surprising. Mm. Her kids love me. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> So back to that question I stopped myself from asking. Uh, Emily, how did you f- uh, uh, find your way into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Uh, good question. So my introduction to JoJo was actually when I was like 11 or 12 and playing an imported copy of um, Jump Superstars for the DS, which I thought was the coolest game in the world. So it was like, oh, hey, here's Goku, here's One Piece, here's Naruto. And there was like Jotaro in there. And I think Dio was also in there. And I just saw them and I was like, this looks weird. I'm not going to get into this ever <laughs> and then like these men are so big i like naruto a very small man well i think it was because it was like um i associated the character design so much with um boba 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 bo which was a show yeah. i remembered not liking as a kid so i was like yeah this looks like that same energy i don't like it get it away from me <laughs> um but then like around seven or eight years later i was in college and i had my one of my friends was really into jojo and he kept trying to get me to get into it and i was um i was part of metal gear shitpost subreddit thing that we took over and everyone was talking about jojo all the time and they were pressuring me to get into jojo so i finally succumbed to peer pressure as you're supposed to do and started watching jojo and i watched uh part one and part two over the course of like six months because it was subtitled and really hard to do when i was also in college and it just took me a while to get into it by the time i got to part two i was like i really like this uh, I'm going to continue with part three. And then it took me a year to get through part three because I was still using Crunchyroll, still using the uh, subtitled version. And then from that point, like by the time I got to the end of part three, I was like, okay, I'm a, I, I'm a dedicated JoJo fan. I like this. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But then I fully transitioned from being an anime watcher to being a manga reader because I was like, I want to get through this as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and read the stuff. Because like, I think at that point, part four had just finished or was getting close to finishing uh, its anime version. And I was like, I don't want to wait. I, I binged read part four five six and seven within the span of like two or three weeks and oh boy oh wow yeah this was actually my first experience uh watching the anime version of part five because i had seen like i think an episode of it when it came out just to be like oh let me compare it and then i was like well it's part five so i know that it's part five and so then i was like you know it's been a while it's been a few years i've i've, I've grown a lot since then because that was back in like 2017 2018 it's like you know when i got invited to do the thing i was like let's go back and let's watch 
part five again, like the first 13 episodes, just to see how I feel about it and compare my manga reader brain to the, the anime version, the dub version specifically, because I don't really watch the JoJo dub, so I was very curious. Yeah, so that's that's my JoJo history. That's how I got here at this point. So, so you finally had your first experience with the torture dance party. Yeah, I had seen uh, <laughs> GIFs of it. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I obviously saw it in the manga, but it didn't really do it justice. And also, it's been a few years. So it still caught me very much off guard when it happened. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting you mentioned Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, because, hey, brand cohesion. But <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes that uh, this show is something very, very much like our, our Metal Gear Solid Let's Plays, where we're, we're talking about a product that is so associated with one person's vision, one person's idiosyncrasies, mm -hmm. but it is brought to us through uh, uh, the work of many, many people that do not get uh, uh, nearly as much recognition. Like, look at the credits of any Metal Gear Solid game. Look at the fact that we're watching an anime, we're not reading the manga, at least not primarily. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, it, it's fascinating because it's something I... I, I... I think a lot about is well, like with Metal Gear Solid, you know, there was the stuff with like the translators and localizers for like Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, all that other stuff. And like another thing that makes part five interesting is that it is, you know, obviously like Rocky stuff, you know, as you're saying, it's very much the visionary of one one guy. The thing that makes part five interesting to me is that it was for the longest time just like not really translated well here. It didn't have an official translation and the one that existed for the longest time was just yep. not great. <laughs> uh, when I was reading part five, it was like not like the colored adventure team that was like doing the whole colored version retranslation had only done part of it. So it's like I had to experience part of it with like pretty okay quality translation, like pretty good translation. And then the other part was like the very stiff, very old translation. And so that probably attributed to mine and I'm sure a bunch of other people's when we experienced part five being like, yeah, this feels pretty mid. This is like, no, I'm not vibing with this. I'm very confused. Because now I'm at the point where I do vibe with it, and I'm still confused, but I vibe with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, my experience with Part 5, I, I've never read anything past Part 4. Uh, everything else has just been, you know, watching the adaptation. I watched Part 5 week by week as it was happening, because I was, I was caught up to that point. But going through it for the second time now with the dub, I am... I'm already liking it a lot more just because I feel like the, the dub's localization is definitely better than Crunchyroll subtitles were when it was coming out live. It wasn't like they were bad, but they definitely felt a lot more stiff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess that's why every time we talk about it, you just kind of say it wasn't great and there are no fun examples. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's no Duang apparently. Nobody can tell me what was so bad about it, other than it, it just kind of was. Yeah, like yeah. that's the thing is that it's not like Duang where there's like, oh, here's this funny quote, here's this funny quote. It was more of like the the kind of stereotypical fan sub fan translation thing of just like we are going to translate the words exactly as they are written on this page. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So help us all. <laughs> and so it was just yeah. like very stiff, very kind of generic, very um just very plain and that's unfortunate because part five has the main cast that's probably the most eccentric out of all the jojos mm -hmm. we've seen so far yeah, and also yeah. has the most complicated <laughs> stands these stands are so complicated and like a large portion of both the manga and the anime are just people standing around trying to explain what these stands even do to each other mostly yeah, snakes and that was like, i find it's a lot of snakes <laughs> it's a lot of snakes happening a lot of snakes but yeah part five especially like with that really 
the the significantly worse fan translation of the part five manga was notorious for making some of the more complicated stands that pop up later in, in part yeah. five extremely difficult to understand how they worked. And they're still, when localized well, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think more so than other JoJo parts, this was the one that I found myself like the most either asking people around me or just consulting the wiki and being like, okay, so how exactly does does the boat thing work? How is this? What is this? I'm getting so confused. There's so much going on. Yeah, I suppose uh, up to this point, because I'm a good boy, I'm not a cheater, I have been going ahead, uh, the boat is the most complicated thing. The boat and the brick snake, I guess, are the most complicated, yeah. uh, <laughs> hard to understand things. I I love the brick snake. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. It's so stupid. It's so just, it's kind of incredible. And it's something that only Jojo, I think, could get away with. Of just like yeah, yeah, I made a I, I made this thing into a snake, and it was born in the poison, so now it can give me an antidote <laughs> if it bites. Yeah, me. I I feel like it's it's looping back around to stuff I pointed out back in part one, where the way Hamon works kind of changes episode by episode in like almost like a Silver Age Superman style way, where he's just constantly like check out this issue to see his super weaving powers. Or whatever. Yeah. And like with Golden Experience especially, it's just like, what can Golden Experience do today? <laughs> Let's find out together. Yeah. This well, time it's a brick snake. Well, that's the thing of like this one just having the weirdest stands where it's like, you know, just compare the, the, the main like JoJo's abilities here versus all the previous ones, right? Where it's like, okay, Jotaro, pretty simple, right? Like punch is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Supernaturally precise. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like Which is a thing pretty four. much every stand is actually. I've never seen a clumsy stand. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean like Aerosmith is not clumsy, but it is very chaotic in that you can't yeah, just, su- you have to just basically do an explosion. It did shoot tiny bullets inside bullet holes. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. pretty precise. <laughs> It's imprecise by JoJo standards. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, Josuke's stuff is like, okay, this one punches really good, but it also fixes things. And you're like, okay, that has a lot of flexibility as a term, but sure. And then you get to Giorno's, which is just like, it deals with life. You can figure that yeah. out. That can mean anything. Yeah. What? Okay. Now that we've seen Giorno for, for 13 whole episodes, I don't get where the reflection part comes from. If you hit the frog with a shovel, suddenly you have the wound as if you were hit by a shovel. How is that related to anything? And also, it was so important in the beginning, but it has not really been a thing since. Going on, you may notice that maybe that doesn't happen much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that frog, I was wondering that too, and I kept being like, well, I'm sure there's an explanation for it. And it was like, I went and I reread the manga. I was like, nope, there's not there. And I read the wiki. That didn't really help either, so I'm just like, okay, you hit the frog and it hits you. Sure, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the the damage reflection thing. I for I feel like it does come up again, but not very often. It's been a while since I saw the later parts of part five. But when you think about it, it's like, man, that would just be if you could make a little frog that just kills you if you kill it instead. Like that's the most powerful stand ever. Just make frogs out of everything. And that's how we save the rainforest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, Giorno could, like, dramatically change 
the the course of the entire planet Earth if he <laughs> wanted to. Jorno could change the course of human history if he wanted to. He has the power to do whatever he wants. He's not going to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's just going to be like a gangster. He's just going to lead the mafia. I feel like he should really team up with Josuke, who also has a stand that if you really take it to its limits, could just reform the world for the better. Yeah. And just but... fix all the problems, man. <laughs> He could fix all the problems, but, you know, that's... He has higher ambitions and higher goals, and and who are we to say no? Crime is good, but drugs aren't. So let's get rid of that specific type of crime, please. Yeah. I don't know if this makes sense, but part five feels like the most one piece of all of JoJo, because Mm. it has that same vibe of, like, yes, I want to be king of the pirates, but not like a bad pirate. Like I have a pirate code. Right, I'm better right. than the other bad pirates. We, we like yeah, the independence, yeah. the 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 camaraderie, the adventuresome anarchy of, of crime, but not the the part, yeah. not like the victimful crimes. We don't like that so much. Yeah. yeah. And, and then both are very much like, look, yeah, pirates aren't great. Being a gangster isn't great. But also like the Navy, the police kind of suck here they're definitely worse yeah okay (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's that was something i definitely noticed um this time a lot because uh the anime does a lot more of the flashbacks towards everyone's like origin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, than the manga does Uh, because the manga still has it but it's 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 distributed a lot differently and it's like a lot shorter and obviously it's like the difference between seeing something and like just reading it it's where it's like a lot of these boys their origin is based on like some form of institutional failure yeah and i yeah. think that's really mm. fascinating mm-hmm. like what do, we, what do we got we we saw child predation in the academy yeah there you go okay <laughs> yeah uh, uh corrupt and ineffective policing Mista just can't get shot, and so that's good for him. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of an outlier. But, but yeah, it, it really is a running theme. I don't know what it's saying, but it's it's saying something, I guess. I mean, this is one of those where it's really about the bond between the boys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess Narancha's, the system that failed Narancha, I guess, is the family. Uh, the, the family and just friendship and just getting betrayed because he dyed his hair blonde <laughs> and has an eye infection. <laughs> it's it's really funny because it's like, I, I, I like Narancia a lot, but like his backstory is very funny when you compare it to like Fugo, who was, you know, assaulted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like Abaccio, who is like corrupt cop. And then it's just like, yeah, I dyed my hair blonde and got framed for a crime. And then everyone at school made fun of me and didn't want to be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, Narancia is the youngest. He hasn't had the time. Yeah. Which isn't well, true, but more on that later. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 yeah I was, because that was one thing that, that threw me off. Because I mean, JoJo's always weird when it comes to ages, right? Like you see Jotaro and it's like, that's not a 17 year old at all. <laughs> but I was legit shocked when Giorno's like, yeah, I'm Giorno Giovanni. I'm 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Six foot five, built as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's. As far as the flashbacks go, like, yeah, I'm enjoying their content. I think that, like, these characters and seeing their past does make them stronger, but I am drowning in flashbacks. Like, so so many yep. of these ep- fights might just fit in one episode if it weren't for the flashbacks. Yeah. It's, no. it's like Araki finally learned how to place a flashback in a place where it's, like, necessary, <laughs> but doesn't immediately flag, this guy's about to die right now. <laughs> yeah but he didn't learn restraint well, yet you know yeah i don't know that's the thing that i remembered a lot about part five is that it, it is 
next to to part three the most monster of the week feeling jojo part uh because it is just like and then we run into this stand user and then we run into this stand user and then we run into this assassin and then we run into this assassin it was one of the reasons why it was hard for me to get into part five as much as the others like you know part four uh and and part six and seven but it's also something that's really interesting about the anime versus manga because it's like in the manga if you have like a stand fight and it's like dragging or it's going on for like too long or you're not really all that interested, you can just start reading quickly. <laughs> like you can just start skimming yes. and going through it. <laughs> to where it's like with this, it's like, okay, I'm not really feeling this. I'm stuck here for like two episodes. <laughs> I mean, that that brings up something we mentioned uh, at the tail end of our last episode. Like the idea that part five is part three by the author of part four. Like reapplying those lessons to a, a format where, yeah, we, we have this crew rolling up into a new location every week where someone is waiting to kill them and then they have a fight to the death. <laughs> and so, yeah. so that we can all get to the one big guy at the end that, that we're trying to kill, but we don't know where he is or what he can do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, it very much feels like because part four definitely felt like a transition between like the first part of Jojo and then like what Jojo is going to become right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to where it's like the character designs get a lot different as it goes on, especially in the manga, you know, it just becomes more serialized and it becomes it's just the vibe is different. It's hard to explain in words, but the vibe is different. And mm-hmm. so part five is sort of, yeah, it is part three again. Uh, just like the boys are prettier. They have more time to just kind of like, they already know each other. So they just kind of have this bond. And then it's like, this is just what we're playing with. These are our toys right now. And whether or not it works, I'm still not entirely sure yet. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, Bruno's well, boys like, could really use an Iggy or an Anne. Just just a, a little somebody to, to just fuck with everybody. I guess that's Narancia, actually. I guess they have one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. like, you know, it, it, it could also be like Trish because they're about to do an escort mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, we haven't we haven't seen that whether or not that's the case yet. But yeah, there there are. I I do feel yeah. I think there needs to be like something to shake it up or just some like through line in here. I think that the thing with the structure is that the first like the first few episodes, the first half of this when it was just the setup, I was really really enjoying it. I was like, oh my gosh, is part five better than I remember it being? Like, oh, the Bruno fight, the 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 Luca scene, like all of the setup, the stuff with Koichi. Like, this is really good. And then when we did start getting back into the here are the boys, here's the monster of the week format, I was like, okay, now I'm remembering why I wasn't super hot on part five <laughs> the first time yeah. I read it. I mean, yeah. with, with the way the parts like format really seems to reinvent the, the whole uh, uh, story every time, it feels like a regression. Like, if if yeah. you watched oh, yeah. one, two, four, five, if you skip Stardust Crusaders, aside from not having a lot of reference for, you know, Jitaro and, and old Joseph, you you might think that part five is something new and exciting and like, oh, we've we've never really seen this before. But but with it, it feels like backsliding, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I super agree. Yeah, the first four episodes or whatever are pretty strong. And it's like the rest of the episodes haven't been bad. It feels like we've been through it before a little bit. And also like for the 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 other two-thirds of the show we have left like i feel that's where more of the show's problems start to show up at least from how i remember it but yeah yeah that that tracks with with my memory too i think beyond just feeling like this is this is treaded ground i think the other part of it is and and maybe this is knowing how part three played out and knowing just what ended up being important what's not is that like the thing that makes it worse is knowing you're having all of these random stand fights against people who don't 
have much of a personality and don't really matter yeah. that much at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, that part five, at least so far, um, has done weaker than part three, which is that like part three also had a, a monster of the week format that could be very exhausting. That could be a lot, but I remember a lot more of the individual stand users and like their personality and like what they brought to the table while like each one here is very much like they, they have interesting designs in the way that all part five characters have really interesting designs, <laughs> but they're, they're all just some form of like, nah, I'm, I'm an Italian mobster. Which one I'm is Sale and which one is Zuccaro? I dare you. I dare you to answer this question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No. Zucro is the guy in the boat. <laughs> I, I think you're I, right, actually. I do think you're right. I think yeah. so, yeah. I that was the thing, like trying to prep for this, I was so nervous because I was like, I don't remember anyone's names. <laughs> I, I like I need to pull up the wiki because it's like who the fuck was the boat guy? Who was the the mirror guy? <laughs> there are a lot of, you know, uh uh part three stand users that if you asked me, if, if you just like looked at a list and quizzed me, I couldn't remember. I, that's fair. There's so many of them. But uh, yeah. uh, in one year's time, am I going to remember anything about Iluzo? Uh, he's definitely going to go in that pile, too. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He- you're not gonna remember Aluzo. You're gonna remember the brick snake. Yes. You're gonna remember. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna remember Abakio getting pulled halfway out of the mirror dimension, so him and his stand smack together and become one. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the stuff that sticks with you. Yeah. I mean, all all six members of the Bruno Cruno, great. I love them. They're they're a lot of fun. <laughs> I wish they got to spend more time together. I mean, I think that's part mm-hmm. of why the the initial stretch of episodes is is so good is because we have the restaurant scene and everybody chilling on the boat before they get deflated those scenes are great and even even in their tense uh uh, planning scenes in the the uh safe house while i wish we had more time to just like watch them chill and be bros there's characterization in and interaction uh there too that is also valuable and a lot of a lot of fun to watch I wish we had more of it, even. Yeah, I think part of the issue, comparing it to like part three, the way part three introduced its main cast and main crew is that like you're you're introduced to like Joseph or Jotaro, uh, Avdol right at the beginning, right? And then next episode mm-hmm. you get Kakioin, so you get the three of them against Kakioin, and then you get Polnareff, so on and so forth. And here the problem is you're introduced to them all at one time, Just, yes. And then they do that thing yeah. to where it's like Araki's like, okay, well, I need to put them in a solo fight so I can demonstrate what it is their stand does and how it can be effective in like these types of situations, which are great, you know, in terms of letting the characters get a moment to like shine and and, and see what they're about. But it also means that like you get like eight episodes in a row that are just nothing but like solo fights where the rest mm-hmm. of the party is just out of the spotlight and there's barely any like character interaction which is a shame because that's the interesting stuff in my opinion and if it was four yeah. episodes if we tied it up so every fight was fit in one episode somehow it would be so much punchier and quicker and yeah then then you get all the good yeah. stuff yeah because as of now, it, it doesn't feel like a slog or anything, but it's like you get through the first 12 episodes or whatever, and you're like, man, I j- we just now met all the guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, yeah. The setup is just now out of the way, and we're a third of the way through, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. My, my problem yeah. with the pacing isn't that I'm, I'm like bored and languishing. It's that now that I've met all the guys, I feel bad that we're one third of the way through. I, wa- I want more <laughs> yeah, of yeah. having met them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was having, you know, read the manga and not knowing, like, 
like I was told like watch the first 13 episodes and I was like I don't know exactly where that ends so I'm gonna be very surprised I was like somehow surprised at the fact that we did get to Trish because I was like I remember just that first part being so long and I could see that easily being 13 episodes but also I was like really we we're just now doing the mirror fight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is this is what we're yeah. ending this stretch of episodes on the episodes they're not a slog and like a a terrible like I I wish I was watching something else way but it is one where I was finding it very easy to drift off which is not something I, I want to be doing while watching Jojo like you know theoretically the fights are supposed to be the selling point mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, it's like you get mm-hmm. these fights that are like two episodes long to where it's like theoretically interesting stuff's happening right now but it's very easy to just zone out because it's a lot of just figuring out like how does the boat work how does the mirror work and just standing around uh waiting for it and you're just like I I I could be playing a game right now or I could like check my Twitter notifications <laughs> real quick. And like I come back and they're still talking about the mirror and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. There's something weird about this mirror, you guys. <laughs> I I just love the idea of while Abakio is dying three separate ways, Jorno's just sitting there and playing with broken glass like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. That's what he decided to do today. <laughs> yeah. I, I That it was, you know, a good fight resolution. I do love him poisoning himself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just being like, yeah, it's fine. I can just automatically heal myself. Like, who cares? It was the best way for something like that to end. But I was also very happy for it to to be over when it was done with. I don't have a problem with any of these fights as fights. Like, the, the way the story told within them, uh, uh, the way that, like, eventually some of them become a sort of rock, paper, scissors of philosophy. <laughs> Like Jorno's Jorno's commitment to having this intricate plan where uh, uh, Iluzo dies, whether he stays in the mirror or pops out, trumps Iluzo's incredible, like dogged determination to apply his will and win at any cost. Whereas, you know, one fight earlier, that's exactly the the outlook that saved Narancia against uh, uh, Mr. Shrinky Man for Majo. It's just really one of those where it's like the fight resolutions are cool. I like what they're doing. It is just a lot sometimes. And it's a lot in terms of just the pacing. It's a lot in terms of the the explanations. And this is one of those where the anime does benefit a little bit. Because while the pacing might be be worse in a a realm where you can't just quickly flip through it. I mean, unless you want to put on like five times speed. But no one does that. Um, God, just imagine what what it would sound like. (laughs) Chaos. (laughs) But like... I've I've got to put in a soundbite of that guy singing. It'll sound like nothing. <laughs> It'll just sound like birds singing. Yes. <laughs> but like the, the the one benefit you do have from the anime version is that because some of these stands are so esoteric because the fights do get so philosophical and so just arguing over conditioning and how exactly things work. It's a lot easier when you have it in an animated form so you can just like understand exactly what's going on like what did Giorno just do what did he just like transform yeah. uh versus where it's like you're just in a picture and you're like oh, okay I guess uh Narancia's big now um <laughs> yeah there are definitely certain fights that translate a lot better to animation than just static panels like for instance visualizing the boat being a boat skin wrapped around a different boat makes a lot more sense when it's animated and you see the boat peeling off the, <laughs> off the other one. Yeah. Whereas I've looked up the panels for that and it's not nearly as clear. Even when Bruno's just going like, there were two boats. Yeah. What do you mean? I remember reading that for the first time. I mean, like, what do you mean there were two? Like, was there just a second boat? Like, under the boat? Like, near the boat? Like, was it invisible? How does this work exactly? 
and and actually seeing in the anime form is like okay yeah i get it and that's one of those fights that really really suffers from the manga's just sheer wall of text nature during those moments because mm-hmm. it is just so yeah. much to explain that it cannot be visualized and so you're just going and you're reading it and like I don't mind reading, but it's like there's an essay printed on this JoJo page to explain how the boat <laughs> thing works. Mm-hmm. Could Because that guy deflated a boat and wrapped it around another one perfectly, snugly, mm-hmm. to the point where you didn't think there's anything wrong with the boat, could he just wear a deflated person and be that person? Would he want to? Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't doubt I, it's he a could, nightmare. But would he want to? But... Yeah, hmm. I I feel like that's some deviant art shit. <laughs> <at that point. laughs> I've yeah, invented yeah. a new kind of vor. I don't think it counts oh, anymore, yeah. <laughs> but that was where I started from. It kind of mixes in with the weird balloon people too. So yeah, in a look, way. it's a new fetish. It's called skin stealing. Everyone's in. Yeah. Oh man, what have I done? <laughs> Cut this part out. <laughs> nope. Take nope. it back before anyone gets nope. ideas. I need the fan art. Uh, that's how. <laughs> That's that's how a show grows, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So in the, I I think my favorite of the flashbacks is our our long time we spend with the um, with the assassin team. Oh my yes. god. Who are very upset at not being better paid. <laughs> why don't you just go on crime strike? Why why do we have to kill the yeah. boss and steal? But. My my big question from that whole uh, uh, sequence is, how did the newspapers of Italy report on that assassination? <laughs> <laughs> what was the headline? There would be conspiracy theories out the wazoo, right? Of like, how did the gun get in there? Was it planted? Did he actually do it? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a little curious about like why they needed this guy assassinated, like what he was planning to do in the Italian Senate. I've seen what they do in there. It's not work, but <laughs> but just the idea that you you like pay your your quarter, unfurl the paper, and there's a car that exploded out of a man, and some guy with like a, a press badge sticking out the the brim of his fedora has to tell me what the fuck that's all about. Honestly, I feel like news in general would just be wild in the JoJo world. It's like. A street exploded today. No cause. No kerosene. Nothing. They have to send for a reporter from Morio just to have like some experience on how how to cover this stuff. Yeah. That. Speaking of sending things in from uh, Morio, uh, Koichi's at the start of this. Yeah, my little man. A while. Yeah, it's so great to see him. He was my favorite part four character. So like starting part five and having him there was like a nice little safety net. As we transition yes. into the next one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, continuing the the trend that he is Jotaro's favorite, his absolute favorite man in the world. Yeah, <laughs> he could have sent Josuke, but like, why would he? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Josuke would immediately get up to trouble, and not like the productive type of trouble Koichi got into. You tripping into success mm-hmm. the Koichi yeah. way. <laughs> um, Jorno would tell him that, that he wants to become like the king of the gangsters and Josuke would be like, yes, that sounds fun. And he just do like shell games down by down by the train and thinks that makes him mafia, I guess. <laughs> okay, but now I'm imagining like an alternate version of part five where Josuke is just part of the game. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's go. This is the day I drink pee. 
I've already touched a turtle. This is my next thing. <laughs> yeah. If there's like one thing about part five that I do enjoy is that it's got some of the weirdest shit. Absolutely. In it. Like compared to other JoJo's, like incredibly absorbent jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. The the lick is the the famous one that just immediately people point out of just Bruno licking the sweat off Chorno's face. And just yeah. being like this is very weird. I want to see him do it again. I want his, I want Trish to try and like lie to Bruno and him just to lick her and be like, uh-uh, you can't get that by me. No, no, no. I love how that's not even a stand power. <laughs> like, it's not even a thing of like, yeah, I can detect people's emotions yeah. or thoughts via their like bodily fluids or like DNA or something like that. It's like, no, that's just a thing he does to like unnerve people. I'm kind of always a fan of the stand users that have an additional non-stand based power because they're just so good at something. You think that's like, based yeah. on the polygraph test and how one of the things it measures mm. is like electrical conductivity of the skin as a way to measure perspiration? Maybe. I mean, my theory is that some corrupt cop did that to Bruno to get him to confess to something at one point in time. And Bruno was too young to know anybody. And was just like, this is the method you use. This is how you interrogate. <laughs> and that's how mm -hmm. he met Abakio. <laughs> going going back to Koichi, though, one of the things I think that's really interesting about those first four episodes and, and like Koichi's plotline and how it ties into it, a lot of those first few episodes are spent with the whole thing of like, oh my god, I'm here to track down Dio and Jonathan's son. I need to find him. Oh my god, Giorno is Dio's son. This is a big deal. And if this was like any other anime manga show whatever story that would be a big deal like that would be a through line of the fact that this character is like the son of the previous like big big bad mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here it's just like once it's like established it's just like yeah he's dio's son all right so the mafia <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the big test we need to do to determine to what degree is he dio's son to what degree is his, is he jonathan's son we need to know his feelings on dogs yeah we yeah he hasn't interacted with one yet. Have if he? dogs are to be protected and cared for, he's a good boy. If dogs are to be kicked or harmed or have their heads chopped off and replaced with a lady's head, he's a bad guy. Those are bad guy things. <laughs> yeah. They they do that thing where they're like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's like a nice asshole. He'll steal money from random tourists, but he'll use it to like buy a kid some ice cream. Mm -hmm. So like it balances out. <laughs> No, I do love how he keeps a photo of Dio in his wallet and <laughs> seemingly has no context for it. And it's like a, the scary photo of Dio, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what? that's... Maybe it's a power move. Like, anytime his uh, stepdad wanted to start shit, he's just like, hey, hey, look at the kind of guy mom used to have. Fuck you. You'll never measure up to mm -hmm. this. You see, I'm just curious as to how that photo even got in their possession to begin <laughs> with. And my theory is just that, like... Dio has one night stands and then just hands out his headshot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to people as like a souvenir. <laughs> That's what he was doing in the moment when when uh, Joseph Karate chopped the Polaroid. Yeah. It was just an accident oh. of timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that explains it. The other thing is that Joseph just brought the Polaroid over to Italy, which probably didn't happen. <laughs> but who knows what Joseph's doing? He's always doing weird <laughs> shit. Yeah. He bought Sicily. Not a lot of people know this. He just bought it. He bought Sicily. Honestly, JoJo being the series that it is, like, if they just had, like, a text bubble at some point that was just, like, and then the Speedwagon Foundation bought Sicily, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It's what Speedwagon would have wanted. To own Italy, yeah. <laughs> He's going to drill for oil until he finds it. 
it's it's gonna be a while. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the Speedwagon Foundation isn't actually brought up at all in this, is it? Like that, this is the one that probably has the least ties to the previous yeah. arcs before it, beyond like Koichi showing up in the the, the, the Dio bloodline thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's connections to the other JoJo's, but part five especially is one where you could go in with basically zero info and be fine, especially compared to, you know, every other part beforehand where it's like, it it's beneficial to know the previous parts, but like, this one is just like, you, do, you don't need to know jack about anything, really. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that contributed to part five's popularity in like Japan because that's something that's like, I think has always been kind of a bit of a, a question mark because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was always way more popular there than it was here to the point where it's like it was yeah. the only other part besides part three to get like a, a dedicated video game when it came out and it was a lot like for a while people were just like why is it just the translation's just that bad like do we just not understand that this is really good and it's like is it just that it works as its own self-contained thing and has five hot boys wanting to lead the mafia is that just an appealing thing <laughs> it sounds pretty appealing though when you put it like that like, yeah i cannot deny yeah i mean that's the thing with part five it sounds really cool in theory and stuff like that to where it's like i you know when you get to the part of the series that we're at to where it's like oh, okay so they're like working for the boss to escort the boss's daughter and they're also secretly planning to betray the boss but now they have his daughter so that complicates things because they also need to fight other people who want to betray the boss mm-hmm. and so For it's the like wrong they need to be a double agent it's yeah it's 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 miller's crossing but in jojo and that's very exciting if you put it into a sentence but then you watch it and you're like okay well this is stand fights again actually <laughs> the, the most yeah. exciting thing for me right now at, at the moment where we've left off is how few members of the crew know that's what they're trying to do or at least that's what that's what uh Giorno and bruno are trying to do yeah. yeah, and what their reaction will be when they find out. I bet Abakio not a fan. Pretty sure I can call that one. Mm-hmm. It's it's really like a more just an undercurrent than something each episode focuses on, really. But that is one of the the little like angles I do enjoy about the entire group of p- protagonists. Is not all of them are on the same like level of knowledge with each other about mm-hmm. what they're actually doing. Especially with Giorno, where he has one over on everybody for just murdering Pulpo. No, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, no, I I just wish it kind of came up in the episodes more, at least so far. And I, I know that's the side yeah. effect of, like I said, everyone kind of having their individual fight scenes, moment to shine and things like that. But it's one thing to where it's like, it'd be nice if there were more moments to where instead of having a stand fight with like a traitor or something like that, there was a moment where it's like, hey, you were invited to a big uh, mafia dinner or something like that, and you have to get through it mm-hmm. without revealing that you're betraying people or, or being nervous or something like that, or that you, you killed Pulpo. And we've already had one JoJo spinoff episode that we watched just a few episodes ago where the entire sta- like JoJo battle was just etiquette. So you could just do that, but mafia, <laughs> honestly. What's the best way to yeah. eat spaghetti? Yeah, there could be like a stand user that lies or like detects lies you know mm-hmm. to where it's just like oh you the boss wants you to have dinner with this person how do you talk to them without revealing exactly what it is you're planning and what you're doing and where your like motivations and loyalties lie mm-hmm. uh, but no it's it's a I lot of turned my arteries into snakes and so <laughs> <laughs> there's a snake in my spaghetti <laughs> oh, we have to cancel this meeting <laughs> It turned the part of his brain that detects whether something's a lie or a truth into a snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, th- there even is the thing, though, of, 
you give a guy too much life energy and they get really confused and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have an out of body experience like just do give him a nice firm handshake and zap his brain until he's dumb for a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's one of those that doesn't get used again really it doesn't like all these fights could be over if Giorno just touches the dude and it's just like I, w- I need you to feel a lot right now yeah <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Giorno punches someone and they just say everything happens so much <laughs> their last words are I can't even <laughs> <laughs> oh shit there, there are like a lot of really interesting stand abilities and there are stand fights mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that I, I am a particular big fan of the um, I turned your tooth into a fly yeah. so that it would try to return back to you wherever you were hiding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> This elderly man who's actually 14 and a drug addict. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was he, like 12 or something? Yeah, he was like 12. And he's somebody who looks like like he's like 36. (laughs) (laughs) Just a squat 36-year-old man who was letting himself, like... like, 12-year-olds with receding hairlines out here. (laughs) Yeah, this is why we need to get the drugs off the street. (laughs) They're giving you the drugs that make you turn old. Yeah, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Golden Wind. M. Night Shyamalan should do JoJo. Not even joking. Oh, man. All right, so that brings me to some notes I prepared. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we've talked about, like, a, an American live-action adaptation of JoJo several times, so I decided. Yes. I decided to do the most accurate possible casting of a live-action Hollywood Golden Wind adaptation. Okay. And I figured the best way, the most accurate way to cast these characters is is not to match any of their their outward appearance in in any way, but instead to find the Hollywood name whose birthday is closest to the character's <laughs> stated fictional birthday. I want age appropriate casting down to the down to the week at most. Okay. Okay. So Giorno is only one day older than Rooney Mara. She will be playing Giorno Giovanna. She could do it. I believe in her. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rooney Mara is going to be running around with uh, Bruno Bucciarati as played by Zachary Levi. They're, they're two days apart. <laughs> <laughs> you're picturing it and you're liking it. I can tell. I can tell. Oh, uh, uh, while Abacchio is going to be played by uh, Randy Orton uh, coming over from WWE Films uh, for, for his <laughs> major studio debut. Uh, oh Mista is only one day younger than Riz Ahmed, so we have at least one Oscar winner in the cast. That's very exciting. That's going to get us a lot of investors. There are going to be a lot of people interested. Although Mista's birthday is also the day of the first successful artificial heart transplant surgery. Mm. Oh. So I guess we have to give an artificial heart to Riz Ahmed for, for this to work. Oh, I thought we were just going to cast the heart in the movie. <laughs> And Riz Ahmed is in charge of carrying it. He's not on screen. We don't film him. The heart is the actor. It's just the actor being carried mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed. Trish is four days older than Dave Franco, the superior Franco. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have the same haircut. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Narancha in the anime only has his sign given. 
Uh, in the manga, he, his uh, birthday is May twentieth, but in in the anime, which is what we're adapting, he's he's said to be a Leo. So we've oh. got some options here. People born in in August of that year. I'm going with either Chris Hemsworth or Greta Gerwig. Whoever returns my calls first. <laughs> Uh, while Fugo is, of course, only six days older than Giorno, so he will also be played by Rooney Mara <laughs> in a double role. Incredible. I have no issue with this. It's no. Right here, yeah. right now, $2 billion worldwide gross. I'm calling it. Yeah. Half of that is just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm looking at my notes, and like, there's a lot of stuff of like, you know, analysis... Giorno's morality, blah blah blah, and then there's just one that's like, do you think Leaky Eye Luca called himself that, or was it given to him? Wh- wherever it came from, he accepted it. He he, he took it as his own. Yeah, yeah. He's like, fine. You're gonna call me Leaky Eye Luca? Sure, that's my name now. Oh, I also did put the hitman didn't get proper payment they deserve, and I put a frowny face next to it because uh, <laughs> I was so sad for them. They're not getting. They need, like you said, they need to unionize. It's really weird that scene is in the manga, but it's a lot shorter. They don't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really talk about the rates that they're being hired for. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we're really mad at the boss, and then the boss killed our guy, and now it's like, well, fuck him. Are are those two, are, what was it, Gelato and Horchata or whatever? I forget. Uh, are they the first, like, canonically gay JoJo's characters? I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. not a, a series that has a lot of romance in any direction, uh, yeah. after all, but... I mean, you're going to get letters in there, like, what about... What about, I mean, what about fucking Dio? Like, yeah, yeah, what about Dio? But no, maybe, like, as far as, like, explicitly confirmed on-screen stuff, and not just, like, people being like, I think Giorno and Bruno should date because Bruno likes Giorno's face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, like the 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 coding, the subtext, all through practically every character, absolutely. Yeah, but but yeah. like explicitly yeah. stated on screen, I think we have our first gay JoJo's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of of the coding and the appearances, can we talk about the fashion of Part Five? Oh, please, oh, always. Yeah. JoJo has always had really interesting fashion choices. I think Part Five is the most where it's clearly obvious that. This is not based on clothes people wear. This is based on fashion catalogs and like model runway shoots because these are not clothes. Oh, yeah. Way more than any other JoJo part. I've got to see Bruno in Mariano's looking over like the oranges. (laughs) (laughs) Looking over Narancia. Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) His mom is named Apple. (laughs) (laughs) No, all the JoJo part five characters look at the Met Gala and go, what's the big deal? Like, that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I like Fugo's suit with the holes in it a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I don't get its purpose except for <laughs> funk. It's one of those designs where you see it and you're like, "Oh, does this tie into like his stand ability at all? Like does he shoot up spikes or something?" Uh to where he needs to have the holes in him. It's like, "No." I like to believe they are venting holes for his sudden bursts of anger. <laughs> oh. Let's him cool down. I actually think my my other theory is that um Fugo doesn't actually like feed like through normal food means he relies mm. on the sun and photosynthesis. So he needs mm. to have as much exposed skin as possible uh, in order to breathe and get air and nourishment and things like that. <laughs> there is stomata. Mm. <laughs> yes, the quiet of Jojo. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Same poses and everything. Mm-hmm. 
He does have a deadly disease following him around. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we on to something here? Absolute dedication to, to his crime man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Wait, is this just is this just Diamond Dogs? Is that what the group is? All we're missing is Fugo shaking his, his butt at you whenever you look at him for long enough. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta see him doing the stretches from inside the chopper. <laughs> well, the thing is, actually, if you yeah. do the uh, man in the mirror fight on a hard mode, you can actually put Fugo in uh, Tio's <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Great. Fugo's interesting. He's, he's, I guess he has a fair bit of development in these first few episodes, but he's very much not as, I feel like both him and Abaccio fill the role of angry one pretty well. Mm-hmm, and just trying yeah. to figure out what exactly, like, what brand of angry are both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hot, hot angry, cold angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of cold angry. Personally, I think cold angry is a, a great character trait. Um, in a character, not in a person. <laughs> so I probably prefer Abaccio as a character. Yeah, but... I guess if, if we're talking about, like, as people, I think Meast is the only one of these guys I could hang out with. Everybody else is just yes. too much. <laughs> Yeah, I could I could hang out with like Narancia, but it would not be like in a like we're friends sort of way. It would be in the way of like when you're a senior and you're in theater and there's like freshmen who are coming in, they're new to the show. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you can hang out with us. You can like, you know, we're going to go down to like, you know, Burger King or something to get lunch. Like you can come ride in my car, but you're not going to actually like hang out with them once the show's over. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> so one of the other things that stuck out to me because because uh, I was I was surprised by the dub in that these were not the voices I expected for the characters when I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not expect the amount of Italian phrases <laughs> untranslated to show up. It's like we're back in part one and two again. Uh, thank God, because I missed those days. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was very interesting because I was going through the, the fan translation because I went and read back through the same one just to be like, oh, how's it going? And it's like, they just did not really keep too many Italian terms at all. That just got, like, completely translated. They kept a lot of, like, fucks and shit in there, though. Oh, um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have like, your fuck shits. You gotta. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right, with, like, fan translations and stuff like that, is, like, I don't know if that's an accurate translation or not, but you have that thing to where it's, like, it says here to put a swear word. So what if I put, like, fuck down? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I, I thought the dub, for the most part, was pretty good. I didn't have any real issues with it. I don't think any of the, of the voices felt weird to me. They all sounded like Noctis, which threw me off. Um, <laughs> I think one of them is Noctis. One of them is Noctis. I looked it up because I was like, <laughs> is one of them Noctis? Is this like... Because it's also, once again, another road trip with the boys. Mm-hmm. So oh, I was yeah. like, is this what we're doing? Are we channeling Noctis here deliberately for all of them? When I first started listening to the dub, uh, I was caught off guard by how deep Bruno was. Yes. I thought he was going to have a softer voice. Yeah. That's kind of the the thing that got me was just how deep everyone's voices were, uh, because... Sounds normal to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the thing is, is, like, I think under normal circumstances, the thing is that their voices are very, like, the usual voice you'd expect from, like, a, you know, anime boy, edgy teen character, right? Mm. Um the problem is, is that when you like look at the character designs, they don't look like your normal, everyday, <laughs> anime teen character. So I was expecting something like, I don't know, like maybe like higher pitched, more like theatrical or something like that. You're telling uh, me Bruno isn't all about the heart of the cards? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> get in the robot, Naracha. Get in the robot. 
I mean, that was the thing to where it was like, I was thinking about the the voices and how I imagined them. I was like, I guess I imagined them less like Noctis and more like 9S. And then I looked up and I realized 9S is also a voice in this yes. dub. <laughs> yep. I, I'm actually surprised it took me that long to figure it out because usually when I hear him, I'm like, oh, that's 9S, like immediately. <laughs> um, I should use his actual name. I should call him Kyle McCarthy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that threw me off. It was it was it was a good dub. I I, I liked it. It was um, I compared it to the subbed episode that I watched back when it first came on. I was like, yeah, I could watch either one of these and be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that just took some getting used to. Was the voices one thing that like part four developed that I appreciate a uh, uh, Golden Wind really running with and expanding on is like division like alienation from one's own stand like the the separation between stand and user so now we have like fugo who is terrified of his own stand which is just a really interesting dynamic that would not have been possible without things like i don't know superfly for example or uh uh, sex pistols needing to be babysat and coddled and like yeah (laughs) using positive reinforcement via salami so they're very good boys (laughs) yeah I mean, that's the that's the benefit of the stands of this arc just getting so weird, right? It's because it's like, oh, we've done, like, gun stand. We've done, like, this kills you stand. So it's like, what if we did, like, the bullets in the gun are sentient and they're like the Roger Rabbit gun. Mm-hmm, and this is what we're doing. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I welcome it because I think that stuff is, is, is fun. I love Sex Pistols um, just as a, as a stand concept because I just, it's it's a fun concept, but... It's like the better side effect of the stands of this arc getting so weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How long did Mista have sex pistols for before he realized he should put them on bullets? <laughs> <laughs> he just had six rowdy little guys bugging him. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're tiny and you can't do shit. Like, what do I do with you? Now, I want to see all six of them sharing one string cheese, just all pulling oh. it in six directions at once. Now, here's a question. Could you use a person shrunk by little feet the same way mm. sex pistols have used like if you wanted an extra bullet i mean you'd, you'd it'd mm. have to be a person who is as like fast and as accurate as a stand right like, i i don't think yeah. a person would have the physical capability to do what sex pistols does yeah jotaro could well yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always interesting to think about be especially when you have stand fights that are so calibrated like this to individual members, right? To where it's like, oh, who is going to be fought in the mirror fight? Well, someone who has poison and is going to be dangerous depending on like what zone they're in, right? Okay, so you're going to put some, like you have a stand enemy who shrinks people. Well, let's put them up against like Narancha who has a long range stand ability where the shrinking doesn't necessarily matter as much uh, and you can still fight well enough. But you get that thing to where it's like interesting to think of how you would swap them, Right. Like, yeah, you know, could Mista fight little? I always, I call, I want to call him Little Finger. It's Little Feet. Um, <laughs> but what if it'd go a little something like this? <laughs> wow, season eight of Game of Thrones really was weird. <laughs> that coffee cup was my stand. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just something that sticks in my mind a bit, especially. I'm kind of curious now that the gang has been introduced. Are the stands going to get less? direct right like less like immediately mirroring the other one uh more varied fights more multi-team fights because i technically know the answer to this but i don't remember it that well so i am (laughs) pausing this as a legit question of just yeah does this happen do i get the show that i want by the end of this (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's a lot more assassins to go, and one of them is a fucking daikon radish with a face. So yeah, yes, yes. This JoJo part has a lot of people that just don't look like people. <laughs> yeah, Polpo's not that... a people. Polpo is king of the trolls. <laughs> He's one of the mountain folk. The occasional weird, like, goblin person design does extend into later parts, but I feel like it's the most in five, maybe. Yeah, because it's just, I think it's just more prominent amongst all of the characters, and and they're more noticeable, too, when they happen, because they are just the biggest fucking changes in the world. Like being the the Jabba the Hutt style being that Pulpo is. (laughs) But, But also, yeah, Radish Man, who's just there, that's not his stand. That's that's not a thing. It just looks like that. <laughs> I don't know. Part five is it's one of those love it or hate it parts. I do feel like I hear whenever I talk to people, right? Because I talk to a lot of friends mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. completely yeah. quit watching it. Because I remember when uh, part six came out on Netflix, people are like, "Are you watching JoJo?" And I was like, "I did watch a, a few episodes of it just because, like, yeah, I'm curious. I like part six a lot." And then I asked them, and they'd be like, "No, I got stuck on part five and I quit watching." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I mean, fair, I guess. These first three episodes do drag to some extent, and I can see someone not being fully on board with it, uh, especially if you don't like the boys. Yeah, it's and... hard not to like the boys. I mean, I'm there's seven billion people in the world; not everybody's going to like the boys, but they're such likable boys. I, I feel like part five more than any other part is the JoJo with like some of the highest highs and also the lowest lows. You're either just like, uh, uh, mm, or you're like, oh, yeah. Like, there's some parts cu- coming up that I think are really great, both like fight wise and in and, and, and other aspects as well. Yeah. But then you'll get through that. And then there's like a stretch of like two or three episodes where you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, my memory of part five is it having kind of the, once again, kind of mirroring the part three structure to where it like part three begins really well. And then it has just like that really, really great ending or like at least engaging ending. Um, mm-hmm. And then you just have the middle parts to where you're just like, okay, there's some good episodes and some highlighting moments, but there's also just like, okay, then we do another stand fight, then we do another stand fight and kind of can get a bit, a lot felt. But part three was also two 24 episode seasons, which yeah. definitely killed the pacing, I think, a lot more in that moment. Because like I said, I was happy that we got to this point at the one third mark of the series because I was like, oh my God, are we still going to be like on the boat? by then mm-hmm. i don't really have anything new to add to it but man i still really love the banana murder <laughs> <laughs> just saying it's, love the banana murder the the way it's established is so good too because it's just like jorno's like wait what do you mean i killed the stand you mean he's not dead too and koichi's like no the user's probably still alive and then the next moment jorno's like visiting him he's like here you go here's a banana <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess another drawback of spending so much time making sure like all, you know, four of these new dudes get, you know, time to to show what they're about, how their stand works in a fight that uh, showcases them and their past. The fact that Giorno is our our first murder Jojo goes so long without any follow up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of one of those things where it goes back to the Dio stuff, right? Because I feel like in a different series, that would be a big thing of like, oh my god, he has Dio blood, he has murderer's blood. Is this going to mm-hmm, be like a mm-hmm. big thing? And then she's like, no, this is welcome to the mafia, he just killed a guy. <laughs> and it's just, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Like, who cares? Giorno will kick a puppy, but it's to save him from being hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, now he's got some cars blood in him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I also love Giorno's deification is apparently like a puberty-like thing. Yes. Where it's yes. like, <laughs> <laughs> you reach the proper age and your hair becomes blonde. Did he get more evil then too? Like, who knows? No, I. it, it is just wild that the Pulpo stuff, I know we said it, that it just does not come up again or at least like it does but like just in the treasure hunt sense and there's not like a thing of like we need to track down the killer it's just like oh popo's dead suicide i guess <laughs> no one's asking quite yeah no one's asking questions because it's really convenient for everybody <laughs> yeah you get the sense that nobody really liked popo like yeah yeah they'll figure out a new initiation test it's fine well there's also that thing you know to where it's like oh well you know he did the gold d rogers thing of yeah, I'm dying, but I also have money buried in a secret location, and whoever finds it, it's theirs. <laughs> and <laughs> and it is, like, fucking rubies and crowns. And <laughs> yeah. Hidden in a urinal. It would be... <laughs> it, it would be so easy, but so much lesser a choice if it was, like, yeah, bundles of paper cash, you know? Yeah. But no, no. I was honestly shocked that they got the money. Because I'm like, the 600 million or however many they, they made it in the anime, I don't remember the exact value. That's like a lot of money. I'm like, there's no way they're going to just give it to these boys, right? Like, there's no way they're going to just start off the series fucking rich as fuck. And no, they just get the money and they're just like, okay, let's turn it in so we can get our mob upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got the proper amount of experience points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We can rank up. So Okay, so yes, gold is experience points. This is basic D&D. That's what this is. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking about it as like, you know, like souls or something like that. Like mm-hmm. they sat down at the bonfire and just leveled up a bit. <laughs> is is summoning <laughs> Is an APC assist, NPC assist basically a stand fight? Well, I mean like in Elden Ring you get to summon like the little ashes and things like that that help you out. And those yeah, are essentially exactly. just stands, yeah. To where it's just like, yeah, here's a jellyfish that follows you into battle, here's a wolf that you can summon, here's you. Let me solo her is the most powerful of all stats. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Speaking of powerful stands, like one of the, the stands that sticks out to me a lot about this part um, is Sticky Fingers or Zipper Man. Uh, Bruno stand, mm. because that's just such a... It, it goes into that part five category of weird stands that you could technically do a lot with. Of just mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. make a zipper appear anywhere. What does that mean? Where does it lead to? How do you, what is this, how does this work? Guide me through it. And it works however you want it to work, basically. One of the Uh, best looking stands, though. Oh, it's fantastic. I love looking at that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Something I've felt about Bruno before is that he's almost really like the secondary protagonist right alongside Giorno because he gets a lot of screen time, like even more than the other members throughout all of part five. And also the like, kind of simplicity but um the 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 many different ways you can apply the the zipper rules to Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. really makes it feel like he has the main jojo stand because it's so it feels similar to crazy diamond and it's like oh it just fixes stuff but what can you do with that a fucking lot you make (laughs) zippers what can you do with that a lot you know and it's like sometimes i almost view bruno as the actual like jojo yeah of this Giorno has the dream, but Bruno has the capability. He has the resources, and he has the love of an entire city. Everybody yeah. loves yes. this guy so yes. much. Yeah, that's the thing that that I think kind of contributes to that, is that 
you know, previous JoJo's weren't always the, like, go-getter, like, primary, you know, call-to-action person of the thing, right? There's usually, like, a mentor character that's like, hey, you need to do this, or you're getting involved in this now. But in this case, there's not really a mentor character, but you do have Bruno, who, like, he has the connections, he has the power, he's the one saying, like, hey, we're going here and we're doing this, right? So he's kind of the one driving a lot of the story at this point, even though it's, you know, Giorno's story and, like, Giorno's ambition and things like that. Bruno is still dominating the plot in a lot of his own ways. I think it's a it's a cool dynamic. I'm happy it's here. It's just very interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got the goofiest hair of the gang, but it's up there. <laughs> it's it's runway model hair, and I can respect yeah. it. If he took out his little gold hair clippies, it would be awful. <laughs> yeah. But with the gold hair clippies, it's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, he's also, his stand is one of the ones that benefit a lot from being in an anime because it's a lot easier to imagine the zippers and where they're oh, getting placed yeah. and how they're opening up and how they, they work when you can actually like see the, the full motion of it and the full uh, scope of what's going on. Now I'm just thinking about the, the, the stand bus fight and the the weird posing that Giorno does with gold experience and just the amount oh, yeah. of just touching those two do. <laughs> Yeah, Giorno loves his stand, I think. Uh, but also, though, a lot of those poses are straight out of fashion magazine covers. Yeah. Like, one-to-one. Yeah. It very much makes it feel like Giorno's relationship to Gold Experience is not just one of, like, a tool, but it's like, he uses it like a dance, almost. Mm-hmm. Because every mm-hmm. every move is just so graceful, it's so deliberate, and they're intertwined together throughout a lot of it. Um, yeah. It's a it's a it's a cool feature, but also very funny to see the first time they're like connected by the pelvic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you you can see that same sort of thing running through a lot of the characters, like the way Narancia uses Aerosmith as a fun toy, essentially. Yeah, mm. I like Narancia a lot. I think that's a fun character. I loved the way uh, we didn't we talked about it a little bit, but the just that whole introductory table diner scene. I think it's pretty fantastic just the way that it's, like, you immediately know, like, yep, this is Narancia. He's very, like, kind and, like, sweet, but he's not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And here's Fugo, and he beats the shit out of Narancia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the, t- the two character traits you can have in a human being. His his <laughs> Nendoroid comes with a tiny fork, so you can pose him stabbing the Narancia Nendoroid instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the funny thing is looking at ages... And realizing that Abaccio is 20 years old. And then it's like remembering that Giorno is 15 and it's like, oh my god, there's a fucking 20-year-old hanging out with a 15. <laughs> Why would anyone do that under normal circumstances? Yeah. I mean, that also means that, what, Abaccio was on the streets as a cop at, what, 17 maybe? Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's like, that's what I was really curious about with the flashback. Because I was like, what is this dude's age? Because they're talking about him as if he's like had this long, illustrious cop career. <laughs> You look the same age as Jordan. He's three days from retirement. <laughs> yeah, you started this week. <laughs> no, that that's, it's the ages of them are really interesting because they are so young, but they're at that stage of youngness where the fact that they're all like a different age from each other mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm. like it should matter more than it actually does. And I guess, you know, bonding through, you know, crime and, and gang violence stuff is, mm-hmm. is going to happen. But it is one of those to where it's like, yeah, you have a 15-year-old hanging out with a 20-year-old, 16-year-old, and 19-year-old, and it's like, 
I'm thinking back to how I was when I was those ages. Like I did not, I was in college. I did not want to hang out with high schoolers. Why would I be doing that? <laughs> yeah. Chip and I didn't talk for a whole year. That one year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was just radio silence. And then... <laughs> hey, I'm in college now too. We could talk again. <laughs> I went to college. I immediately cut everyone off. And I was just like, sorry, I don't know you. Don't contact me. Uh, I need to see some ID before you send the text message. <laughs> we can hang out when you buy me cigarettes. No, I will not smoke them. It's the principle of the thing. Yeah, well, you know, you can't smoke them. That would be drugs. <laughs> and we need to stop kids from getting a hold of drugs. Maybe they would lighten up if they did the drugs. Just try it. Come on, Giorno, Maybe. do the drugs. Come, Come on. on. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, that's the, the funny thing. It's like them being like, we need to keep drugs off the street. These these mobsters, these mafia men are pushing drugs onto our kids. And that's not, it's going to ruin their lives. It's going to cause them a lot of addiction and cause them a lot of strife. Anyway, Giorno, welcome. Here's some wine. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> we run a lot of gambling around here. <laughs> now, if you want to do a murder, that's fine. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> As long as it's to, you know, protect your honor and, and all that. That that makes murder okay. Yeah, look, there's the totally moral thing of hiding a body. <laughs> <laughs> How many dead people are hidden in the zipper zone and are never going to be found? <laughs> <laughs> My question, is the zipper zone, does that lead to the same place that Vanilla Ice's death zone goes to they're like colored the exact same mm. they look the same so you think bruno can dive into Zipperland to find avdol and his his magic cyber arms and bring him yes. back finally every <laughs> I, I feel like at this point every part we're gonna find at least one stand to latch on to to say but could he bring avdol back to life <laughs> <laughs> we want avdol back do you think Bruno ever just hangs out in the zipper zone just to like unwind or something? Mm. Like that's his that's his man cave. Yeah, yeah. If if you put the zipper on their regular table in in the in the restaurant that they're always hanging out in, it's where he's got like a lounge chair. He's got a little radio, some lemonade. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's actually not a punishment to get trapped in the in the zipper zone. Like you end up there, and Bruno's just like, "Yo, hey, great to have you here. This is mm -hmm. safer here. Do you want like I have a mini fridge?" You want, like, a brewski? <laughs> the zipper zone is a very temperate 72 degrees at all times. Finally, a place where I can get, catch up on my reading. <laughs> yeah. Where are some of the other stands that could be exploited? I mean, like, Abakios is just security tape. Really convenient ones, but, it, but it's it's very much, like, good for the boat arc. And good for <laughs> yeah. some other incidents. But it's very much like, I need something for the boat arc. How do I figure out what he was doing? And it's just... He can rewind time with his stand. No, not actually rewind time, just pick a person and then rewind that person. Mm -hmm. No, that would Moody be... Blues is so smooth and naked looking compared to every other stand. <laughs> yeah. It's like a naked dude wearing thigh highs. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Skin slinking. What was the name? <laughs> oh, no. I don't remember what we called it already. <laughs> I deleted it from my mind because I didn't like it. There's just a snake in those memories now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, everything in part five actually just looks like a snake. A snake that loves to eat bread. <laughs> <laughs> Vegan snake. Hell yeah. Oh, I was really upset when I found out you were playing as him in Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, if they're if you had to eat food just like an MGS three, I could have made a vegan snake, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a oh. shame. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Could you be vegan in Metal Gear Solid three? Mm. Probably not, right? If you just... ate just mushrooms, I guess. Does that count? You couldn't use the bees. No. Yeah, no. I guess it's just mushrooms. That run would be totally trash. You can't even shoot the frogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are real frogs. You can shoot the frogs. The, like the caraton, you can shoot those. Yeah, but you know, like you might miss. You want. You be- probably shouldn't do monkey versus snake, though. That seems cruel. I don't think you should yeah. do that. Well, you don't eat them, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends where the monkeys are being sent mm-hmm, when you're capturing mm-hmm. them. We got to protect these monkeys and get them out of the war zone. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. You see, that's good. But I'm also worried yeah. because we it's been 20 years. We don't know where the ape escape monkeys are. <laughs> <laughs> they need to escape again just so we know they're okay. <laughs> yeah. The next ape escape game is just you having to free the monkeys so you can make the next ape escape game. <laughs> In episode one, someone says, this is how I got to the age thing, where someone's like, to looks at Jorno is like, you look like you're in junior high or high school, right? Luca says that to him. Mm-hmm. It threw me off. <laughs> it threw me the fuck off. <laughs> Have you seen junior high kids these days? Come on, come on. They all look like that. Everyone is wearing runway ready fashions. <laughs> you go on TikTok, it's just a bunch of middle schoolers dressed up as JoJo characters. I mean... That's not wrong, actually. Yeah, I... <laughs> Every 12-year-old I know is shredded as hell. <laughs> There's just something they're putting in the food. <laughs> something in that spaghetti. Fucking mullet ponytail. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do want to live in the world where people are, like, wearing the Part 5 outfits just on their day-to-day basis. Up to this point in Part 5, we've seen a lot of just the normal citizenry in the background, and they're far more frequently dressed like normal people yeah like like they are dressing weird <laughs> but yeah. there's just enough of them to make it feel normal i don't know where to find uh bruno's lace undershirt but you know what i could make that work <laughs> yeah no and and they all have really nice lipstick too which i really appreciate just as a look always <laughs> i think this is where all the jojo characters start wearing lipstick because like it happened beforehand right yeah. But this is where it becomes basically, like, the norm. It, it's because at this point, like, Araki's art style changes so that every single, like, important dude has the fullest lips. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. They all have that now. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good art style. It's an interesting art style. And it's it's one of those two where you either get used to it or you just don't experience the rest of JoJo because it's just what JoJo looks like now. Yep. Uh, it's just everyone looks very pretty. Uh, compared to everyone looking very buff and it's it's interesting thing about that how it reflects i guess the change in manga and anime characters at the time and like the the heroes trying to like you know symbolize and things like that or connect to and things like that that like we're not in the era of schwarzenegger anymore or uh fist of the north star and all that and it's just like yeah no we have twinks (laughs) (laughs) and we're not running out anytime soon uh we got we got twinks out the wazoo. Uh, we're, these twinks are priced to move. <laughs> I just think it's funny that like whenever you see, every once in a while you get a flashback in a later JoJo part where you see characters from, from older parts or you know, there's just some art Iraqi does. It's like, well, here's my first time drawing like Jonathan Joestar for the first time in 10 years or something. 
and they always adhere to the newer art styles where they're a lot thinner and more more twinky. It's just like I just wish it Jonathan Joestar, no matter what, was just the size of the Hulk. Like, <laughs> The later ki- the later JoJo's, yeah, sure, they're a lot more svelte and all that. But Jonathan, he's always huge. You see, I want him to still be huge, <laughs> but with the same like twink style face. <laughs> oh God, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, four thousand sounds- accessories just hanging off of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's because because Jonathan didn't really like have that much going for his outfit in terms of like fashion, in terms of like pizzazz and things like that, right? There was his special little man bow tie. Uh, when there was, he was a special man bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jorno clearly got his fashion sense from Dio and not from Jonathan. Oh, I guess yeah. is what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Yep, it sure didn't come from stepdad either. There, there's only one <laughs> solution yeah. to this mystery. Yeah, I guess his mom was also like nightclub party girl, so maybe like she helped to some extent but no that th- this is a dio child through and through yeah the the sign that uh he, he's moving away from from his demon father is that you can't see as much skin it's is just the chest yeah <laughs> thinking about appearances though i think one thing that's really interesting about the flashbacks is that like you know because you're showing them as kids you're showing them younger even just like what they were doing in jobs beforehand they look normal for the most part <laughs> Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, here's this, like, basic kid with, like, dark hair who just goes to, like, school and wears the school uniform. And that's, like, two years later, <laughs> grew his hair out and dyed it, like, silver. And now he wears black lipstick and fishnets all the time. <laughs> and he looks like Sephiroth. Welcome to Passione. Here's your little badge. Here's your stand. And here's some stuff we found in a dumpster out by Fashion Week. Uh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> they throw him in one of those, like, Doctor Who closets. And it's just like, you have to pick a look now. This is what you're going to wear every day. And it needs to be iconic or you cannot be in the gang. (laughs) Narancha chasing skirts so hard, he he got one. And now he wears it all the time. You know what? Good for... That that was an interesting thing where for years there was was a lot of debate about Narancha's gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the translation was just not that good. A lot of people didn't read it themselves firsthand so they just look at Narancha, this character design of this like really small thin frail pretty boy with like shaggy hair and like a skirt and we're like yeah that's a girl and it would cause like legit arguments over it i remember this um mm-hmm. no this is just it's it's just how boys look in jojo and we just need to accept that you know it it is weird to think about just how jojo has changed in public perception as kind of more of it has come out and stuff like that right now that part five is out in its mm-hmm, entirety mm-hmm. dubbed subbed officially you can even go out and buy the manga translated which took forever that was unheard of you know even kind of back when i was reading it and stuff like that and i got into it pretty late like 2016 2017 like they were still finishing up fan translations there still wasn't an official translation of the part four manga out and definitely not anything beyond that so it was just this thing of curing things from fan translations and secondhand and importing video games when you could and, and things like that. Now it's just all out there. I think that makes part five, I guess, an interesting part to think about fandom wise. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I have to bring it back to fandom because that's what my job is um, under normal <laughs> circumstances at any time. Um, how does the fan base see this? How do they look at it? How do they respond to it? And how do they take it in? And some people got into the official translation of part five and it's now like one of their favorite parts. It's gotten a lot more popular. I saw like a Giorno plush at Spencer's yesterday mm-hmm. that was just there and there was no other Jojo merch. It was just that. That would have been un- unheard of. But yeah, no, part five has a lot of defenders now and hopefully they're not mad at me for 
<laughs> saying that I think it's kind of mid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't read part six or anything, but you know, it's it's been many years since part five finished, and it was only recently that the first 13 or whatever episodes of part six came out. I started watching that and enjoying it a lot more from the start. After finishing part five, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to be really into JoJo again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's... I mean, I like part six a lot. I I, I won't give specifics, but I, I thought part yeah. six was fun, but that's also just... I like that JoJo in there a lot. Oh, yeah. It was really fun, because even though I wasn't watching part five as it was airing, because I was like, I already read the manga, and I'm, I don't want to renew my Crunchyroll subscription to keep up with it, so I'll just gauge reactions from Twitter... It was just like half of my time was just people being really hyped about it. And half of them were like, I kind of want to give up on Golden Wind. Or like, I'm kind of mm. not feeling it. And it would just be like that, like every week. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a fun little examination of just seeing how people react differently to different things. Um, because I, I guess I can see why people would really, really love Part 5 and consider it one of their favorites. Um mm-hmm. No, I'm enjoying, I guess it's weird to say that I'm enjoying every individual piece of it. Just some things in aggregate from like, you know, taking a step back and, and looking big picture. Yeah. I, I just wish like, I don't know, the levels were balanced differently. <laughs> like the, the yeah. ratios yeah. seem off. I love every ingredient though. Yeah. That's what makes it so complicated. And I think that's where kind of the, the, the heat of the issue comes from is just whether or not you vibe with the pacing or just the way that it's all like presented and, and put together. Um, Cause for some people, they don't mind that or they, or they get really mm-hmm. into it. If this was like a week per week thing, this would be brutal to some extent. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was one of the frustrations I had. Cause I watched it week, week to week, you know, in between every three, every 13 episodes, like a two or three week break with a recap episode. Part five had a lot of recap episodes made for it. Yeah, do, doing it in that format was a lot more frustrating than it is, you know, watching two or three episodes every weekend. The recap episodes weren't there to save on budget. They were just there to explain how the stands work some more. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, no, that's why that's why it's like when it was starting, I was like, I don't want to keep up with this because I remember how part five is. <laughs> like, I, I think if I try to do this week per week, it is going to, especially subbed, because um, that's the thing with like, I like watching anime subtitled, but it is like you cannot be doing anything else while you're doing it, right? Right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is great, you know, cool, fine. I, you know, this isn't like a, a Gen Z. I don't want. I want to look at my phone while I watch a movie, <laughs> sort of thing. But it's just one of those where it's like, yeah, sometimes it's nice to to binge anime like while you like play something on your Switch or like just text someone real quick. And having to be alert the entire time that you're watching a part five episode when it's subbed, you have to pay attention. You can't just zone out when stuff gets long or fights take two episodes and that that kind of it killed me with stardust crusaders to do it as well and i was like if i do this with part five it's going to be awful so i'll wait until the dub (laughs) or i'll wait until i can just binge it Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. yeah well i told myself back in like 2018 when this aired i was like if i ever get invited onto a podcast (laughs) 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 if chip and grant who don't know me at this point invite me on a podcast in four four (laughs) years i'll watch Mm -hmm. it then yeah i'll save it for then I know a lot of people have said that to themselves, and it's it's turned out pretty well for them. Yeah, no, this was definitely how I saw <laughs> things going in my life. <laughs> no, Everybody but... was the exact same person four years ago as they are today, and they, they had a vision for what they would be doing in, what is this now, June, I think? Mm, oh, yeah. yeah of yes. 2022. Yeah, June 2022. Uh, birthday month for me, so that's fun. 
I, I, I am glad that I went back and, and watched them, though. And, like, there is a part of me that is... Excuse me, this is May 30th. Uh, uh, how how mm. could I possibly get that <laughs> oh, wrong? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm looking at the calendar now. It says May 30th. <laughs> but, no, like, I, I do feel like, even though I don't have to watch the rest of JoJo Part 5 if I don't want to, um, there is that part of me that's like, I kind of want to see to the end for this. Because I get the lucky thing. Like, you two are stuck with the rest of this. I can just leave and be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. The moment this call ends, I forget what JoJo is. Whoa. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's my stand ability. Mm-hmm. I'm able to forget JoJo whenever I need to. <laughs> I mean, I keep threatening to turn this into a Farscape show instead. You want to see something actually weird? <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> Muppets peeing on each other all the time. Let's go. Let's do it. I've never seen Farscape. Farscape, for me, is a show that exists at, like... I only ever see Farscape stuff at the used DVD store where there's just box sets for like a yep. dollar. And it's like, do I need to get into this? Yes. Because this is cheap. <laughs> like what? Okay. All right. Farscape starts as what if some weird, sick Australian fuck made Star Trek the next generation? <laughs> oh, that sounds incredible. And then it just goes and become its own very strange, very wonderful thing as time goes on. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Dogs Must Die, a Farscape podcast now. Um, so let me go watch the first two episodes. Do any dogs die in Farscape? Uh, no, there there are no dogs in Farscape because... Okay. I mean, there okay. might be. Eventually, they find their way back to Earth. Spoiler, I guess. But. Yeah. We'll go back to our original plan then. So, hi, welcome to Dogs Must Die, an altering podcast about the worst enemy in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to watch Farscape. You've convinced me I'm sold. I do like a good puppet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bad puppet who's a good puppet. Speaking speaking of puppets, this is I, I, I this is a question I think is important for all media analysis and all mm-hmm, media studies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's something I think about whenever I start a project, whenever I'm analyzing something, whenever I'm like getting to, down to theory. And that's mm. that if you had to replace one character in JoJo Part 5 with a puppet. Okay. Who would you choose? Ooh. I, I have an immediate answer, but I, I, I want you to go first. <laughs> I would replace Sex Pistols with Puppet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a change, is it? I guess not, no, but I just want to see them as puppets. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to see how they would do it, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. with all the motion required, it's like, how do you not see the puppeteers? Like, how do they, how yeah. do they get them so small? Abakio. Puppet Abakio. I think mm. that would work, yeah. Just the this, the flashback where he's cradling his dead partner's body, but he's got, like, <laughs> those little wiggle arms on sticks, like, lifted yeah. up to the heavens, yeah. screaming, why? <laughs> Just the idea of a very I, cold, very mistrustful puppet among all of these boys. I'm, I'm, I like that idea. I'm going to inverse it. I think everyone is puppets except him <laughs> in my ideal oh my scenario. God. If, if if we want to go back to uh, casting a live action part five, we do this the Muppet movie way where all the cast is Muppets except for Bacchio, who is some incredibly well-respected actor, <laughs> like taking the role 100% seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was who our actor for him again in, in our film casting? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Our co- most accurate possible Hollywood casting of uh, uh, Abacchio is Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but like, actually, though, <laughs> that could work. I think we have to. I'm imagining Randy Orton interacting with a cast full of Muppets, and I'm liking it. See? Yeah? Part, 
Jo- JoJo's is actually a really easy to Muppet cast because the problem that most things get is they have more than one girl in them. And that's not a problem with most JoJo's parts. <laughs> no. Yeah. Araki didn't discover who girls were until part six. Yep. Like ev- every time, every time it, like something like that goes around, like, oh, p- pick a thing you- you'd like the-, the Muppets to like adapt. It's like nobody's saying little women i don't see a lot of sense and sensibility up in here you got too many girls Mm. muppets can't handle it yeah no you think frank oz can do that many voices (laughs) no would the stands also be muppets would they also be puppets or would they still be animated or would they be like Mm. cg or live action or are they people Mm. i think Mm. i mean i'd want to do it with them still being like physical filmed objects but different in, in a way, like, I don't know, maybe they're, they're hard puppets instead of soft puppets or uh, uh, marionettes. Uh, uh, so like yeah. manipulated from above rather than, you know, stick yeah. and arm puppets manipulated from below. Just something, right. something to set them apart in their like tangible tactile quality. Are they stop motion and edit yeah. later? They could be. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Is yeah. like they like stop motion. It's actually just the Jojo Figmas <laughs> inserted into the thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I that was actually one thing. I don't know if that's still the case, but uh, in the the height of my JoJo obsession, I was like, okay, let me get some JoJo merch. Uh, and this was before it was a lot easier to get JoJo merch. Um, and there there was basically it was like just the like the figmas and the really expensive figures and things like that. And I almost got a bunch of Part Five stuff just because at the time Part Five was like incredibly cheap. Like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, all of them were like, because it was usually like, it, like, you know, around the $100 or so range for JoJo figures. And it was like, I found a, a Trish brand new on Amazon for like 20 bucks. I was just like, oh, damn, do I need to buy this? You know, she's not my favorite character. I respect the math skirt, but it's like $20. And then now, like, I found a Giorno plush and mm. it was $25, you know, there you for, go. for a, a plushie. We're going to animate and put in the actual series. Uh, looking through my notes, I think I've, I've gone through everything at least. I, I did save some ins- like insults from the dub. Ooh. Like, uh, oh, okay. I, I mainly noted two that stuck out to me, which was sunburnt mafioso mm, mm-hmm. and hey dick noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite plain white hey tea songs. <laughs> I feel like both part four and five have really amped up their uh, localized insults and, and vulgarities in a really funny way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing is going to beat W. Kako. That is a high, high bar that was set. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you can really top that. Uh, so, uh, again, Emily, thanks for coming on. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to point people to? I'll plug myself again. I... I... Emily from the channel Lady Emily. You can look me up on YouTube. I, I do a lot of uh, media analysis videos and internet culture videos. And if you want another sort of thing like that, I also co-write for the channel uh, Sarah Zed. That's just the letter Z, but it's Canadian, so you say it like Zed. And that's also a bunch of fandom stuff, a bunch of internet analysis, sociology things. It's it's, it's really fun. Um, I'm at Great Cheshire on Twitter, and come yell at me about my wrong JoJo opinions and pronunciations <laughs> uh, if you want to. Thank you very much. Uh, we are going to be back, just the two of us, just like old times, uh, talking about episodes 14 <laughs> through 16 next week. Again, that is Express Train to Florence and The Grateful Dead Parts 1 and 2. 
Really looking forward to those ones. Those are good ones. Wait, I'm getting fired. I'm not being brought back. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're going to need you to return your pay. There, there was a bit of a mistake. Wait, I'm getting paid? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you paid me. You slid me money under the table to pretend that I know what JoJo is. And now I'm just like my reeling it in on, on my little fishing lure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You, the podcast listener, know everything I'm going to ask you to do, and I really wish you would do it. So let's just save the time and, like, come on, do the thing. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Please, pretty please. Thank you. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>